three, two, one. Waza! Welcome back to Brian and Dylan Take on the World. I am your host, co-host, Dylan, uh, accompanied by my, my, my good pal, my uh, comrade, Brian. Brian. Hey, everybody. Uh, what is up? How's it going? Waza! that oh yeah how can, the 90s? can you forget <laughs> remember the 90s everyone everyone all right so dylan what are we talking about today uh today we're doing the summer 2019 movie preview uh this is the episode you know this is what people stick around for this is they deal with what's bad they they stick around for this for the good yeah and this time there's a uh, no solo on the docket to kill the podcast <laughs> Sure isn't. Like last year, uh, and I'm not going to be getting lost in the woods of Maine directly after recording this podcast to also derail it. So I think we're on a good pace this year. Correct. Yeah. So very exciting. It's a, it's a very up and down summer, uh, to say the least. But there's a couple, couple very big movies I think a lot of people are looking forward to, and I'm looking forward to discussing with you. Yeah, so I guess just right off the top, what do you think of this lineup compared to last year? Where last year, I think we both agreed it was pretty strong. Um. Yeah. No. I. I. It's so. There's the, obviously the three big movies: uh, Toy Story, Lion King, Spider Man. Uh, those. Uh, well, actually, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Can't forget that. Um. I. Th- those are really the the movies. I'm. I, I'm like a Sherlock. Really looking forward to. Really. Right. Really. Uh, putting all my bet in the house on then i think they're gonna be pretty great uh and then after that no i don't know i i just i remember last summer being like a really heavy i feel like every other weekend i was at the the movie theater so we'll see we're gonna we're gonna talk about that we're gonna get we're gonna do a little we're gonna go weekend by weekend mm-hmm. uh and we're gonna kind of just rate it by see it or skip it right and we'll uh we'll go from there no i i guess first uh before we get into that uh how you been what have you been doing since we last talked about Game of Thrones? I've been doing good, you know, just trying to keep busy with the channel, trying to make stuff, trying to forget all about Game of Thrones as much as possible. Uh, I watched the first episode of Chernobyl, uh, which was a good palate cleanser, I feel like, for for the end of Game of Thrones. I'm looking forward to watching that as a whole because I know a lot of people online really enjoyed it. And other than that, I've really been using the... Uh, amc what is it stubs a list whatever a list baby um that is the best investment i've ever made i know you tried to talk me into it for literally like a year before i finally actually bought it but yeah man it's it's been really great to use i've seen aladdin um i saw detective pikachu last night um both i really enjoyed i thought aladdin for me was probably my favorite live action remake of the disney movies you've done so far we'll see how lion king you know works in there but uh how about you what have you been up to uh so in case you guys can tell i'm no longer recording on the 20 dollar mic i had uh your, your boy went and bought himself a blue mic oh, blue yeah. snowball uh, and so if you hear you hear all, all the mumbles and grumbles coming from me today that's because this mic is high tech baby uh shout out to brian wong he's a uh, number one fan of the pod mm-hmm. his his number one complaint from our game of thrones episode was that the quality was all over the place and to that i say brian wong thank you for your feedback yeah we appreciate it um i think that had a lot to do with uh, having three people record and having you into more's audio going through the same um track on my end so like 
where your mic was a little quieter, Tamora's was a little louder, and I was having a really hard time balancing it in live time, and I even went back and tried to edit it. So I think with, I'll figure that out in the future, but with a new mic for you and with just the two of us recording, we shouldn't have those problems going forward. I also think the big thing from our Game of Thrones episode two was that I, I forgot to pay Xfinity. And so my <laughs> my wireless internet connection going in and out was due to the fact that I was several days late paying Xfinity. So they were jamming the connection. They were trying to bring down the pod, but I, I stuck it to them stopped. and I, I, I paid that bill and, and here we are now. So we're back. Right. Yeah. You showed them by, by giving them money. Fuck Xfinity. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, so, Dylan, are you ready to talk about what this summer has in store for us? Uh, yeah, man. Let's bring it. Uh, to kind of start off, uh, uh, to really what we're going to go through this is is kind of, I would say some of the summer movies have already kicked off. Um, obviously, we have things like Detective Pikachu, mm-hmm. Aladdin. Um, right. I saw I saw Rocket Man. Ooh, how was uh, that? It was great. Uh, it was it was. I thought far and away better than Bohemian Rhapsody. It was Ooh, like, shots. Uh, um, it was like a much better version of across the universe where like oh, okay. they used, yeah, yeah, yeah. they used the songs to like drive the story, mm-hmm. which I thought was great. Uh, Tara Negerton was fucking lights out. Yeah, as he's, John. A, he's a really good actor. I feel. Yeah. Uh, other than Endgame, it, uh, it's probably my favorite movie of the year so far. I think it's going to for sure be the, the, uh, an Oscar contender at the end of the year. Um, the combination of being a, a, a biopic about a rock star, mm-hmm. which people just love apparently, oh, yeah. and also having a little music mixed into it. Yeah, um, and Alan John's music, I feel like, is so good. It's just oh, so- awesome, awesome. It's it, it, yeah, and it, this is the movie where Elton John helped produce it, and I, I think you'd be surprised where like Elton John did not hold back about his life. Uh, everything That's cool, good, yeah. everything good, bad, sad is in it, and uh, I didn't know much about Elton John. So I highly recommend it to anybody that likes musicals, movies. Like I like love both. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I give Rocket Man uh, a ninety-two out of a hundred. Oh, very nice. I would definitely have to see that as soon as possible. Uh, Rob Stark's in it too, right? Sure is. Uh, he he does a pretty good job in his role. Yeah, always good to see him. You know, back from funny. Funny enough, uh, uh, Littlefinger played the same character in Bohemian Rhapsody that uh, that Rob Stark plays in. Oh, the, the actual like same real life person. Yeah. Oh, so that's, that's hilarious. That's huh. uh, that's sort of interesting, and it's uh, two very different portrayals to right. say the least. Right. Oh right, uh, man. Well, I will definitely check that out, and by the next time we record, I'll have my little two cents to add to that. Yeah. So basically, the criteria for all this is going to be yeah, movies that are running basically through now, now through the end of August, uh, September first slash like Labor Day weekend is kind of like the cutoff for me. Right. Uh, and there's a big movie that comes out uh, with the first week of September, which I unfortunately did not include in this list because of, I guess we'll save that for the fall preview. Um, but first up on the docket, we have two movies coming out this weekend. Yes. Uh, the first is Men in Black International, mm-hmm. starring Tessa Thompson, Chris Hemsworth, Rebecca Ferguson, Emma Thompson, and Liam Neeson. Mm-hmm. And can't forget Camille Nanjiani. Oh, yes. Uh, it's a reboot slash sort of sequel, I suppose. To yeah, I wonder. Other Men in Blacks. I wonder what the real like is. This in the same universe? Are we just starting new? Is it gonna reference it? We don't know. We haven't seen it yet. But I think putting Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson together just 
the one of the smartest things. It could be in like any movie together, and I'm going to be interested in seeing it. For sure, uh, I think that one of the big one of the big things that kind of sticks out to me with Men in Black is that uh, the review embargo seemingly has not been lifted yet. With less than a not week a, to go, so the movie set. comes out. No, it never is. Uh, so, especially with reboots like this, even when they have the star power, it's directed by F. Gary Gary, who's uh, directed some movies for sure. Uh, it's you would think that if it's good, they're just going to release the ratings early. Like a movie we're going to be talking about in a little while comes out in the middle of August, and their embargo was lifted like two weeks ago. Right. So, um, I, I'm gonna say, gosh. I'm going to say see it just because I'm going to see it. Uh, uh, Tessa Thompson and Chris Hemsworth, that's, yeah, Real Man Johnny, that's pretty much the only reason I'm, I'm really in it. Uh, I'm not really, I'm not too big of a Men in Black stand. Obviously, I love the, the first one. Uh, I also didn't really mind the third one, which seemingly a lot of people hate with Josh Brolin. I liked Jermaine Clement as the bad guy in that one. Thought he did yeah. a good job. But apparently it's my not... Flight of the Conquered's bias. I don't know. For sure. It was not loved by a lot of other people. No. So I'm, I'm going to say see it just so we, we start this list off on the right note. Yeah, and I mean, I can't imagine it being like unwatchable with the talent they have. So see it, man. Why not? Another movie that, I mean, it's a thing where you can't let special effects drive. You need a solid story, too. It was like Godzilla. Right. Um, Godzilla was a, a great action movie and otherwise a terribly written movie, which I give like a 65 out of a hundred. I didn't think it was great. I didn't think it was, uh, awful. Mm-hmm. It was just a, it was like a slightly below average movie. Right. Uh, I, I could see men in black I could see this movie potentially being either very, very bad or slipping somewhere in between like the high seventies, low eighties range. If it ends up being surprisingly good. That makes sense. So what about shaft? What do you think? Yeah. So another movie coming out this weekend is Shaft. Um, I never saw the original Shaft, the movie, or the TV show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm aware of it. Uh, I'm also aware that Samuel Jackson's the man, and that I probably 90% of the movies I've seen in my lifetime have had Samuel Jackson in it. Yeah, is he like the highest grossing actor of all time? Is that is that accurate? Or did I, hear I think that he is. Yeah. I mean, he's in like basically like every major franchise mm-hmm. other than Lord of the Rings. So Right, right. That, that totally makes sense. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm interested in this movie for sure. I like Samuel L. Jackson. I'm going to say for me, I'm going to see this movie. Yeah, so the, the description of it is John Shaft Jr., a cybersecurity expert with a degree from MIT, enlists his family's help to uncover the truth behind his best friend's untimely death. And the whole thing with uh, the Shaft movie that had Samuel L. Jackson is that he was John Shaft II. Uh, Richard Roundtree was John Shaft first, which was Shaft the TV show. The Shaft, yeah. And uh, Jesse T. Usher is the John Shaft Jr. son of Samuel Jackson in this movie. Mm. Um, so it's kind of like a, um, it's a uh, generational movie, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, you might know Jesse T. Usher from the Independence Day Resurgence or whatever it was movie. Uh, not great. Um <laughs> But uh, yeah, that was, that was see, seems like he can be funny in this. Uh, I'm going to see, I'm going to say skip it. Uh, I guess if, if I'm choosing between this and men in black, I'm probably choosing men in black, mm-hmm. but I, I, same thing. I can see this movie potentially being awful and I can see this movie potentially being like an eighties, mid eighties, low high seventies range. Who, right. who knows? Yeah. Who knows no, the movie? That, that, yeah. That's the that's all I, thing all, hard to call. All I know is of course, the first two movies uh, we've named are, are are 
or how do how do we say they're cinematic universe type movies? That's mm-hmm. not the correct word. They're franchises. That's the correct franchises. word. I didn't, Marvel I didn't, has us all messed up. Uh, I didn't. Uh, I didn't. I didn't take my spelling salts before this. <laughs> so you get amped up. Late you know. But I got my. Uh, speaking of our first sponsor of the pod, you hear that? That's uh, first sponsor, Bud Light. If if it ain't Bud, then it's something else. Right. It's not right. Uh, Bud Light. So um, I think we nailed that, Reed. Um, I don't see yeah. why advertisers don't advertise on our podcast after that. Correct. Yeah. Bud Light. Drink it. It's Bud Light. <laughs> oh, so, man. all right. On to, uh, on to uh, next weekend, which is actually a pretty big weekend. And I am uh, sort of interested in all these movies. We're going to start off with our first mega movie of the summer mm. that we're going to talk about today, uh, Toy Story 4. Yeah, this which is going to be released on J- June 21st. Uh, we all know Toy Story. Speaking of franchises, we, this is our third franchise in a row that we're going to talk about. Mm. Um, when a new toy called Forky joins Woody and the gang, a road trip alongside all the new friends reveals how big the world can be for a toy. Everything I've heard about this movie says that the cast all cried. I've heard that some of the early screenings, the people are like, it's the saddest yet, like, happiest I've ever been watching a movie. Okay. Uh, I've also heard that Keanu Reeves' character, and he, he fucking crushes it with, like, everything he's in right now. Keanu Reeves is having a moment right now. He, he The two weeks he's having between John Wick 3, uh, him announcing uh, he's going to be in Cyberpunk, Oh my god! As, dude. Like the character, so excited. Hopefully, a playable character. That's just that's just absurd. Mm-hmm. Um, and and now I heard that he crushes it in Toy Story Four. Uh, Keanu Reeves. Question: Is there a more likable person currently in entertainment than oh, Keanu no, Reeves? Not right now. Like a universally liked person, I I can't think of anyone. Yeah, no. I mean, and then there's also just like tons of like positive stories always about how nice of a guy he is. I think I think if, if you survived, if you survived, if, I shouldn't say survived, Me Too, but if 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 you didn't go down in the Me Too movement for being a complete scumbag, mm-hmm. uh, odds are the stories about you being a good guy are probably true at this point. Right. And it seems like Keanu Reeves is is one of the best up there. Um, obviously, also in this movie, Tom Hanks, Tim Allen, mm-hmm. um, Christina Hendricks, Jordan Peele, Timothy Dalton, Betty White. Mel Brooks, Keegan-Michael Key, Joan Cusack plays Jesse, who we all know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this uh, this is this movie is obviously a see-it for me. Oh, yeah. Uh, obviously. I don't know if Toy Story is quite caught on with, like, my daughters, too. And mm-hmm. I tried to show her Toy Story the other day, and she was interested at first, but then because there was no songs, uh, she oh, was kind of no. oh, Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, this is obvious. Like, Toy Story 3 is on the theater uh, one of the first movies I actually ever saw by myself in a movie theater was mm-hmm. Toy Story 3. Uh, and so, yeah, big time see it. Uh, this is like a see it, exclamation point, see it. There's, uh, I, I, I assume we both have the same answer. Oh, yeah. I mean, who doesn't love Toy Story? Like, it's impossible. It's especially after how they just completely crushed Toy Story 3. Like, I, I have so much faith in this team to deliver a really great experience with Toy Story 4. I guess I guess some of the worry is, and you saw it with something like Game of Thrones, is that maybe expectations are too high, and you know one small hiccup could bring down the whole thing. Which I, with Pixar especially, I really, really, really have a hard time thinking that Pixar can really screw anything up at this point. Uh, right. Not on the run they're on. 
Uh, well, I think their last movie was Coco. Mm. Um, and Coco might be my all-time favorite Pixar movie. So, yeah. Uh, Toy Story 4, see it times a thousand. Absolutely. All right. So, oh, is the next movie is also about a toy. Yeah, another toy uh, whose promotional art has all been killing the toys from Toy Story. Yeah, that's actually a really great marketing campaign. No, so this is interesting. So uh, the movie we're bringing up that also comes out next week in is Child's Play. Um, Normally, this is like a probably a big time skip it just because Mm -hmm. I don't even really remember any of the Child's Play like be actually being good, like Seed of Chucky and all that. I don't really remember them being good. I just remember them just being absurd. And it was like a typical thing when you're like 12, 13, uh, even maybe like 10, 11. You're mm-hmm. like, you're watching rated R movie. This is a fucking weird toy. Um, hilarious. But as I've seen the one when I get older, I'm like, these are like straight awful. Um, right. Child's play. Uh, a mother gives her son a toy doll for his birthday, unaware of its more sinister nature. Uh, and this is where it gets interesting, starring Aubrey Plaza, uh, Brian Tyree Henry, who uh, is one of my favorite actors right now, um, his big show is is Atlanta. He's been in several mm-hmm. other things, including uh, Widows, which he fucking crushes it in. Right. Uh, but the uh, the big star, obviously, here is that Mark Hamill's voicing Chucky, which is probably the, the thing that's going to end up causing me to rule this as see it mm-hmm. with a exclamation point next to it. Right. And that's because... Regardless of Mark Hamill being in it, I think that this could has the potential to be an awful, awful movie. <laughs> um, but we, let's let's see. Uh, I also thought the same thing about it when it came out two years ago, mm-hmm. and it ended up being like one of my favorite horror movies ever. I I love the it reboot, and I literally cannot wait for it to come out this fall. Um, right. So I don't know. I don't know what to really make of this movie, but I think I'm, I think I'm ruling see it because of Mark Hamill. Yeah. So I think for me lately horror movies have felt like either they're amazing really like game-changing like style movies or they're just bottom of the barrel like the worst things i've seen in a long time and i am afraid that child's play is gonna be to that lower end of movies you know what i mean no, oh, for sure. Uh, and we're, there's going to be another one coming up soon that we're going to be talking about that I kind of rule mm-hmm. under under the, uh, the, a, the same context that, as that. That franchise, that whole cinematic universe is kind of what I'm talking about when I say more bottom of the barrel. Yeah. Shitty horror movies. Um, yeah, so for me, um, I probably won't see Child's Play. Um, so for me, it's a skip it, but uh, I guess if you really like horror right now, this is not the time of the year where a ton of horror movies come out. So this yeah. could be your cup of tea. No, I, I mean, I'm pretty much right there with you. I can see my, and I put a question mark next to see it because I can see the, the reviews coming out for this the day before. And thanks to AMC A-List, I have the ability to cancel my ticket at any time. <laughs> right. No charges to me. Um, a shout out to AMC A-List, sponsor the pod. One day, um, one day they will, because we're just going to keep talking them up. Yeah, yeah. So I, we're pretty much on the same page, I guess. This is one like a couple like really bad reviews for this, and I'm probably skipping it. And just right. catching catching market Mark Hamill's lines on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe see like a compilation of the like, craziest kills in the movie or something. Yep. <laughs> Way after the DVD comes out. Yeah. So what is our next movie? All right. So also coming out next weekend. This is another super interesting movie to me. And it's really kind of like the story of this summer. Um, we have uh, 
Anna or Anna, however you want to. I know she's kind of Russian, so I think Anna might be the proper way to announce it. But uh, Anna, um, beneath Anna Pilatova's striking beauty lies a secret that will unleash her in- indelible. I'm not a good reader. Strength and skill to become one of the most feared government assassins. Uh, I'm kind of like, I'm not like, I don't know. I saw this guy directed Lucy, the same director, uh, Mm -hmm. Luke Benson. Um, I wasn't, or he wrote and directed Lucy. Wasn't like the too big of a fan of Lucy. Mm -hmm. Um, He wrote Leon the Professional, which is a great movie. I've only seen it once. Uh, but it was one of those movies you see it once and uh, you're like blown away. That came out in 1994 and that also has like a young Natalie Boardman in it, which I think is what caused her to really take off. Right. Um, and he also wrote uh, The Fifth Element, uh, which is like a, it's a kind of has its own cult following as a sci fi movie. I really like The Fifth Element. So have you seen have you seen a trailer for, for uh, Anna, Anna? I only saw a trailer this weekend when I was watching um, the Stanley Cup playoffs yeah then i was like what is this this looks cool yeah no so in the trailer um uh, anna anna played by sasha luss uh she kicks ass right uh, yeah in the one in the movie theater I've, I've seen it i've seen the trailer in the movie theater probably like three times now and each time i'm like the action's really fucking cool and the whole premise is that you know she's she's a ballet dancer she's like strikingly beautiful and she's also incredibly lethal mm-hmm. um it also stars uh, Helen Mirren, Luke Evans, Cillian Murphy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm saying see it. I, I this is I'm saying see it completely without a question mark and almost on the reverse of Chucky. I, this might be a movie I try to completely avoid any reviews for mm-hmm. and go into it with an open mind. Uh, which, in my opinion, is the best way to see a movie. But also, uh, there wouldn't be many podcasts or blogs <laughs> out if that was the case, and right. so I can't fully support that. But um, yeah, I'm gonna rule see this because I think it has the potential to be a really cool action movie. Which, if an action movie done right, as we see in the past two years, uh, I I am a I'm a big fan of those. Yeah, no, no doubt. I'll just say see it too, just based on that one trailer. Because yeah, I don't know when I saw the trailer, just my reptilian brain was like, "Whoa, cool violence! I like this." Yeah, it, it's sitting. It. It's sitting at at two hours almost exact. It's at an hour and fifty nine minutes. Oh, that's not bad um, at all. So you're not you know, you're not investing too much time uh, with AMC. Shout out AMC A list. Love you guys. Uh, you're in that. You're sitting in that seat for, for about a half hour, forty five minutes before the movie even starts. Mm-hmm. Um, but once the movie starts, it's only two hours. Right. Um, so yeah, see it. Cool. I, I, I'm glad we're both on the same page there. Mm-hmm. Next, I think we'll be on the same page of this one too. Uh, coming out June twenty sixth, which is. Uh, your co-host's birthday. He will be turning the big twenty-six. Um, twenty-six on twenty-six. That's that's got to be good, right? I suppose. Uh, um, Annabelle comes home. Uh, another franchise we got going here. Uh, Annabelle comes home. The sequel to Annabelle, um, part of the Conjuring universe. Mm-hmm. The the nun and all that other great movies. I feel like uh, they're, it. They're all just based on people being like, "Oh, the Conjuring wasn't too bad, right?" And then yeah, it's like, yeah, let's make a whole cinematic universe around it. It's tough because uh, the first Conjuring was really, really good. Mm-hmm. I thought the second one was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I thought Annabelle was complete shit. Um, it's really been I, a lot I, of I didn't, even bother, didn't even bother seeing The Nun. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm i going to end up saying skip it because this this movie, uh, I'm all almost all but confident this movie can end up being complete shit. Oh, um, yeah, no doubt. 
it seems like they're really this is the type of franchise that's really really banging off their first movie's success mm. um even like patrick wilson's in this movie verify amiga mm. um as a uh, lorraine and ed warren um yeah skip it i it's uh and, and, and so far i think what have we done um is this our third horror movie or second? Same, Either way, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm good. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm skipping this. Oh yeah, I'm gonna skip it too. I think the more fascinating thing about Annabelle is like the quote unquote real life doll. It's like a Raggedy Ann doll, but they were like, okay, that's really dumb. So we need to make a creepy wooden doll. I think I even wrote in the uh, in the notes for this episode. I I said Annabelle comes home. I don't give a fuck. That is exactly what you wrote on the notes you sent me, and uh, I agree. Um, yeah. So skip it. Right. Just nothing else to really say there. Uh, next, uh, a movie I was kind of excited for until the reviews came out, and I'm like I said oh, before, no. I tried. I haven't seen I can, the reviews yet. No. If I can, if I can avoid reviews, I would. But it's really tough this day and age. Um, yesterday. Uh, a struggling musician realizes he's the only person on earth who can remember the Beatles after waking up in an alternative timeline where they never existed. Uh, this is directed by Danny Boyle. Um, I would I would argue uh, a top ten director out there right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Danny Boyle, obviously, he did Slumdog Millionaire, uh, which was his, his colossal movie. Mm-hmm. 127 hours, 28 days later. 28 days later. Honestly, one of the all-time best horror movies ever made. It's oh, so, so good. good. Also, it's uh, so independent. Mm-hmm. It's such a super independent movie. Mm-hmm. Um, just the way it's shot. Uh, yeah, it's brilliant. Um, yeah, I so I guess right now, you know, it's sitting at, at 6.3 in IMDb. Um, it's not horrible. Not horrible, but I was kind of like, when I first saw the trailer for this, I was really like, oh, this is going to be a movie that's going to win over a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we explained before, the whole premise is that... Uh, Jack Malik, who's played by Hamish Patel, um, he wakes up one day and just nobody knows who the Beatles were. And nobody remembers them other than him. And mm. I think the whole premise, he starts playing their songs and all that. Right. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I'm going to, I think I might end up skipping this. Yeah. I mean, if the reviews are really not great, probably. But if I had to choose between Annabelle and yesterday and I had to see a movie, I would pick yesterday. So it's also really tough because if I say see it question mark with with child's play and I say skip it with yesterday, mm-hmm. um, that just seems like very, very like there's no science behind that. Well, I mean, uh, would you see yesterday if Mark Hamill was in it? Oh, yeah. yeah. Mark Hamill I mean, if he was say, voicing his guitar. Oh, yeah. It's 100% see it. See it. Um, so you know what? I'm going to rule this as a see it question mark. OK. And I, th- I think I think if, if we get closer uh, to the end of this month and the reviews start to get like pretty bad. Mm. I'm probably going to, I'm probably will skip it, but for now, cause I was interested before and it's only fair. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say, see a question mark. Okay. Yeah. Like I said, I'll see it. Um, if, especially if I had to choose between the two from that weekend. All right, buddy. Um, on to uh, another big one, uh, which I think, uh, everyone's looking forward to. Um, oh, yes, especially after, uh, end game. Yeah, um, July 2nd, Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, no, no real explanation needed, but following the events of Avengers Endgame, Spider-Man must step up to take on the new threats in a world that has changed forever. Starring Tom Holland, who is, uh, who's my Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, Zendaya, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, the god. 
um, Samuel L. Jackson, Colby Smolders, John Favreau, Marissa Tomei. Um, obviously see it. Yeah. Uh, this is on the same. This is above Toy Story 4 for me. This is mm-hmm. I'll probably see this two or three times in the theaters. Um, my actual I'm going. So I'm on vacation all the Fourth of July week. Uh, I'm going actually going to a 9:30 showing in the morning uh, at uh, AMC. Okay. Uh, the Tuesday this comes out. Um, which hey buddy, you want to come with me? There are some seats left. 9:30 AMC. Uh, yeah, send me send me the uh, info after the pod. Um. Yeah, I, I found out AMC Dine-Ins, they don't do breakfast, uh, <laughs> which kind of sucks, but I, I will be there at 9.30 right when the doors open. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, what is there really to say about this? Uh, you saw Endgame. Um, you know how how all oh, everything that built up to this movie. Uh, Spider-Man alone, uh, Spider-Man carries the star power. Uh, I'd argue Spider-Man's the biggest star in, in the MCU. He, um, um, just, just on name alone. Yeah, I mean, when we were talking about the uh, Endgame, I think I'd said that the biggest moment in that end battle, spoilers for Endgame, I'm really sorry if you haven't seen it yet, if you're the one person who hasn't seen it and also listens to the podcast, when he came on screen at the end, he got the biggest like pop from the audience. Yeah, People love Spider-Man. Yeah, um, it's tough. I, there's really not much more to say. It's Spider-Man Far From Home. Um, John Watts is directing and also did Homecoming. Uh, did, like I don't, there's, I don't really have to p- really pitch anyone anymore on this. It's, and we're getting Mysterio in a live action Spider Man movie, played by Jake Gyllenhaal. Played yeah. by Jake fucking Gyllenhaal. Um, this is like a, this is the type of thing where I'd be shocked. Uh, this is the movie. This is like, other than another movie which reviews is already out. This is a movie I'm probably banking the house the most that uh, this movie is gonna be pretty fucking awesome. Oh yeah. I have no doubt. I have no worry. This is going to be dope. Um, Homecoming was awesome. This is just going to keep keep chugging along for the MCU, you know? Yep, for sure. Um, so I think we're both saying see it is what, uh, what oh, we're getting at. Come. No, skip it. Fuck yeah, this skip. Movie. Just don't even bother. Spider-Man, superheroes, who cares? No one even likes superheroes. No, yeah, we're obviously see this movie. Um, next up, which comes out uh, the same day, uh, Midsommar. Um, directed by Ari Aster, who directed one of my favorite horror movies, arguably one of my favorite movies of the past, I don't know, five years, uh, Hereditary, um, which I don't really think we talked about in the podcast. I actually saw it for the first time on Halloween. Right. Uh, I haven't seen it, so we definitely Her- didn't talk about Hereditary it. is one of the more, more like gut-wrenching, nerve-wracking, horrifying movies, while still at the same time being like smart. Um, my, me and my friend, we talk about this all the time. Um, it, it's kind of hereditary is part of that new horror genre that like, it's like dramatic horror. Right, uh, like it's which, actually a good movie and also scary, which I found is like, it's like my favorite type of horror. Now mm-hmm. it's arguably one of my favorite movie categories other than superhero movies and like just the old fashioned drama, but drama horror is like the, the, the scary movies that like get you thinking and like build up to it. Um, that was for sure Hereditary. Hereditary fucked me up for like two days. Mm. Um, Hereditary was uh, unbelievable. I give Hereditary a 98 out of 100. Oh, wow. Um, really yeah. No. Um, that high on it. Hereditary is unbelievable. Um, I, I think Felicity Huffman uh, should have been nominated for uh, Best Actress. I think yeah, she was. Yeah, no, I she, heard that. People were sad that she wasn't. They think just because it was a horror movie, they probably didn't give her the um, nod. Quick correction. Felicity Huffman was not in that movie. I'm thinking of the wrong Desperate Housewife. Oh, no. uh, just Tony <laughs> Collette. Tony Collette. Felicity, I mean, you know, she could she could also get a nomination someday. We don't know. But Tony Collette. 
Like I said, I haven't seen the movie, so I have, I have no idea. Yeah. Um, also, Tony Collette, not in Desperate Housewives, so I just fucked that up twice. <laughs> so. um, that's, that's all right. That's all right. She's a really uh, good actress. That's all that matters, and she deserved an he, Oscar nomination. Keep that in the pod. This, <laughs> this, this, is, this is a real show. We don't edit, edit bloopers out like that. Okay. Um, yeah, so Midsommar, it's it, it, a couple travels to Sweden to visit a rural hometown's fabled Midsummer Festival. What begins as an idyllic retreat quickly devolves into a increasingly violent and bizarre competition at the hands of a pagan cult. Um, I'm fucking, uh, I'm see this. Yeah, this looks uh, really cool. Yeah, um, if you saw Hereditary, you, like, you, you get an idea of, of Ari Aster's uh, directing. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say probably the biggest star in this is Will Poulter, um, mm-hmm. who was, uh, I don't know if you guys know who that is. He was, uh, he was the kid in uh, We Are the, we, the, we Are the Millers, that like, gets his balls bit. Right. Um, I think he's in like, The Maze Runner. I don't really watch those movies, but uh, well, he's are, probably the biggest. Those are fine. That's a, yeah, fine. Is, <laughs> yeah. I guess exactly. is ex- acceptable these days. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's he uh, he's really the big star. There's a whole bunch of people in here. I have no idea who they are. Uh, I'm just going by this, just purely just based on the director mm-hmm. and just how much he just blew me away in Hereditary. Um, shout out to my friend Matthias, who I, he could be listening to this. He might not be, but he he stuck by Hereditary until I saw it, and I saw <laughs> it, and I I'm so thankful that I did it because it was. It's one of the best movies, like I said, I've seen in the past five years. It was unbelievable. Awesome. All right, so I think you're saying see this. I actually have not seen the trailer for this, so it's hard for me to say, but just based on how hyped you are for it, I'm going to say see it, because what, what else are you going to do? You're gonna, well, if you if you haven't seen Spider-Man, you probably will see Spider-Man, but if you've already seen Spider-Man, what else are you going to see this weekend? Yeah, I'll be on vacation this week, too, so I'm easily going to see two or three movies. Mm. So, All right, so... Now on to July 19th, we have uh, well, arguably the biggest movie of the summer, um, the live-action slash CGI fuckfest that is Lion King 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we all obviously know about this. Live-action or animated in a different way? Yeah, I mean, it looks great. It That's... looks like as real as you can get without having real lines and shit, which like just killing each other and eating the baboons and stuff. It would have been too too real. Yeah. Uh, after the murder of, of his father, spoilers, uh, a young lion prince flees his kingdom only to learn the true meaning of responsibility and bravery. Uh, directed by John Favreau, who is uh, one of my favorite people in Hollywood right now. There's just a lot of right. people, my people in Hollywood. Um, Seth Rogen is Pumbaa. Donald Glover is Simba, who, uh, speaking of favorite people in Hollywood, Donald Glover is probably my favorite entertainer right now between um, between his, his, uh, his music, his movies, his TV show, Atlanta is exceptional um mm-hmm. uh yeah donald glover I and mean, he well, speaking of our solo fucking crushed it as, as lando i thought yeah i mean he's perhaps the most talented man alive right now uh not gonna get any debate by me um chiwetel edgefor i'm fucking him up but he was uh in 12 years of slave which he was great in that he mm-hmm. plays scar he really really good in that yeah um, James Earl Jones coming back as Mufasa. Uh, oh, you gotta, you gotta bring him back. I wonder how many of these are like uh, lines he recorded in the animated movie. Um, he's obviously old. He's gotta be old as fuck. Let me let me see how old he is. He's gonna, I'm gonna say at least in his 80s. I remember watching uh, Doctor Strange Love. He's in that. That movie's old. So. 88. Yeah. Um, 88. Ouch. Uh, he, you could kind of tell in Rogue One that, that like his Darth Vader 
lines. Like he definitely he, he doesn't sound the same, but mm-hmm. James Earl Jones are maybe the most iconic voice right. in Hollywood next to like Morgan Freeman. Mm-hmm. Um, he plays Mufasa, obviously. Uh, Billy Eichner is Timon, which I think Seth Rogen and Billy Eichner together is super exciting. Right. Um, I think that's a gr- that's a great casting, great duo to have together. Mm-hmm. Uh, Keegan Michael Key is Kamari. Uh, Beyonce is Nala. Alfre Woodard as uh, Sarabi. Amy Sedaris as voice don't, doesn't have a role. Um, John Candy as Rafiki. J.D. McCrary as young Simba. John Oliver as Zazu, which I'm also very much looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Um, and Eric Andre as Azizi. Uh, I, I think this is like voice wise, you can't ask for like a better lineup, yeah. honestly. Even Eric Andre getting in there. I love Eric Andre, dude. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. so funny. Uh, the, 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 the hyenas were cast great. Um, yeah. Yeah, obviously see it. Uh, this is another no-brainer. Uh, mm-hmm. This is uh, we'll get onto it later. I think this movie has potential to have like a, a historic summer. Yeah, see it for sure. The cast is unbelievable and it looks great. Um, on to our next movie, which will be the weekend after uh, July twenty-sixth. Um, this is without a doubt the movie I am most looking forward to this summer. Mm-hmm. I, I I've been on top of this movie since I heard that Quentin Tarantino was directing it. Mm. Uh, that's obviously once upon a time in Hollywood starring Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, Timothy Oliphant, um, Dakota Fanning, Al Pacino, Damian Lewis, Luke Perry, Rip, Kurt Russell, Bruce Dern, mm. Emile Hirsch, uh, Margot Robbie. It's what, and it's Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino will, uh, you know, if if I was told I can only see one movie this summer, I'm picking Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Right. I think I think I would too, honestly. Uh, it's sitting currently with a 9.7 on IMDb with mm. uh, almost 6,000 ratings because this is the movie I referenced earlier that the embargo was basically lifted two months before the movie came out, which right. is almost unheard of uh, because it, it got a standing ovation at cons. Mm. And so, like, it's Tarantino and it's Brad Pitt and Leo DiCaprio, Margot Robbie, like, I it's in the whole thing going on in the summer of 69 with Charles Manson set in the background of like an aging Hollywood movie star. It's, this is probably like the most between having Charles Manson, like a cult leader, um, slash somebody that inspired people to murder Hollywood and Tarantino. That's like my three favorite things. Cults, Hollywood and Tarantino. Right. Just basically I'm part of the Hollywood cult. That is Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. I mean, if he started a cult, you'd be first day on the doorstep. Um, this obviously this is see it uh, for both of us obviously oh yeah yeah i mean you can't miss a tarantino movie honestly like no he doesn't pump them out like too fast he takes his time so it gives you like enough time to miss him and then he comes back and it's just always awesome so i think i think according to him too according to him um this is his second to last movie he's going to direct which with right, his i heard that with his final one apparently being his own Star Trek movie, which is like, that's like a whole mind fuck in its own. Mm-hmm. Tarantino's last movie is going to apparently be a Star Trek movie. Um, not a sequel to the like Star Trek Into the Darkness and mm-hmm. Beyond and all that. Uh, yeah, this is this is going to be the movie uh, for award season. Uh, and this is, I literally can't wait. It's just, it's, uh, I have the highest of expectations. It, it would have to be a colossal failure. Uh, to let me down for like Quentin, for like Tarantino to do any wrong, it would it would have to be awful. Like it would have to be like the worst piece of shit for me to even like be like, ah, oh, it wasn't bad. Yeah, um, I don't I don't think it's gonna be bad. I fully admit that I'm like a I'm, I'm, I 
follow Tarantino blindly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know a lot of people didn't like the Hateful Eight. I loved it, mm-hmm. but it's yeah, it's Tarantino. It's it's Leo. It's Brad Pitt. It's Margot Robbie. It's it's arguably uh, I am I I think it could be the like the greatest cast ever assembled. Mm-hmm. Um, Timothy Olyphant, love him. Like he, he he's great. Um, Dakota Fanning, uh, she's just been in yeah, our lives. Yeah, a little bit of a comeback. Yeah, she's playing Squeaky Fromm, who uh, who helped kill mm-hmm. Sharon Tate. Uh, well, my my favorite theory of this movie though is that it's it's in a typical Tarantino way. It's in an alternate universe. Right. So we don't actually know what's gonna happen. Not really. I mean, he saw, killed Hitler. So yeah, if you saw Glorious Bastards, clearly. Um, Al Pacino, obviously Luke Perry, Rip, um, mm-hmm. Damian Lewis, who you know from I think it's Billions and obviously Band of Brothers, uh, Kurt Russell. Bruce Dern, Emil Hirsch. Uh, I just, yeah, I literally can't wait. It's it's tough because it's it's two and a half months away, but it's when it's here, man. I this is a Thursday night movie, though, like it, for sure. I'll be I'll be there early. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and yeah, like you like you said, like you kept saying, Luke Perry he passed away. It's really sad. I feel like this could have been like kind of a resurgence for him. Sucks know, in his second half of his career. Yeah, between this and Riverdale, yeah, mm-hmm. sucks. But uh, yeah, oh, well, definitely a see it for both of us. What about the weekend after? Really, I uh, really brought down the mood there with that. Um, <laughs> the weekend after, this is where things get a real. This is where things get real dicey. Uh, here we have uh, the ultimate bro fest movie. This is the ultimate dudes are just gonna be there and 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 fucking. Like affliction shirts with just like fucking cases of Red Bull. Mm-hmm. They're coming here to see this movie, just bro out with their bros. Uh, that's Fast and Furious, Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah. Um, was that the just dudes being guys or just whatever it is? So it's mm-hmm. tough because obviously, like I love the Fast and Furious movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not see the the Fast. Is it eight? I think is the most recent one. Sounds did not right. see it because uh, I'm kind of like I, I I'm out after Paul Walker was out. It also mm-hmm. just I didn't think this was. I didn't think seven was that good. Right. Uh, I thought five is what saved the series. Five is what like changed everything and turned it. Fast Five kind of like made it turn the series into what it is now, which is more of like an action-packed, mm-hmm. like fight shoot 'em up type thing, as opposed to it had to do with cars. Mm-hmm. Which sure, I mean, you have the Rock, you have Jason Statham. Uh, the technical, the 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 synopsis of the movie is Lobin Luke Hobbs, who was played by the rock and outcast Deckard Shaw, who's the bad guy from, from two movies ago mm-hmm. for, but unlikely alliance with a cyber genetically enhanced villain threatens the future humanity who is played by, um, there's the ums again. Oh boy. The Reddit's going to get on that. Idris Elba. He's played by Idris Elba. Yeah. Idris Elba. Always awesome. I don't know how I feel about this movie. I don't know if I'm going to see it. Cause I haven't even seen the last one. Mm-hmm. Same thing. I'm actually going to say skip it question mark where like if it gets really good reviews, I might find myself going to see it. Mm. But as of right now, I really don't think I plan on seeing this in the movie theater. Oh, I mean, I've I've seen one Fast and the Furious movie ever. It was Fast and Furious and Michelle Rodriguez. The only reason I watched it died um, in like the first 20 minutes. And I was like, this sucks. And I've never watched another one. I know she's not dead anymore. In that series, but uh, yeah, I'm not a I'm not a big Fast and Furious guy, so I'm gonna skip this one as well. Yeah, I really don't. I really don't think there's much more. To, it's another. It's a typical franchise that just it's they're, they're gonna get milked down for like everything, everything possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
which I the still rock think this could make like 500 million dollars this summer no for sure i i think 500 is being like conservative mm. yeah i don't i don't know how much uh vin diesel not being in this like you know the the main fast and the furious cats not being in this one is going to affect it but i mean yep. if you have to give up the whole cast for the rock alone i think that's a pretty good trade-off yeah i mean everyone loves the rock he's a he's definitely definitely a box office draw in himself but yeah i'm gonna say skip it sorry fast and the furious fans just not my cup of tea all right next up on august 9th we have a group of teens face their fears in order to save their lives in the Guillermo del Toro, written and produced movie, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, based on the book. Uh, up until I just looked at their IMDb page, I also thought del Toro was directing this movie, which mm. apparently he is not. No, just producing. Which surprised me, because like I said, I thought he was directing it, and so like my opinion now has slightly changed on it a little right. bit. Uh, the trailers I've seen, I've liked, mm-hmm. so I'm actually going to say see it. With the confident, without the question mark, I'm mm. going to see it, because between now and... Now in the fall, there's not that many movies that are that great, apparently. Mm-hmm. I think um, for me, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, the book series, it's probably what set me on the path to be such a weirdo when I was in middle school. So, I, you know, I'd be I'd be lying if I said I wasn't super excited to see this movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I really adored those those books i think there were two there may have just been one regardless the short stories were really creepy at the time uh, i don't know how they hold up now i haven't read them but i'm looking forward to this movie a lot and i am definitely gonna see it oh just drop my uh that was like a mic uh, drop Perfect my timing. uh it wouldn't be a pod without some bud light if, <laughs> if, if it ain't bud light then it's 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 either bud or it's Bud Light Limes. Bud Light. But they, drink, yep. drink responsibly. Knock, knock over Bud Light on your podcasts. That's yeah. that's what we always say. <laughs> All right. So what's the other movie coming out this weekend? Hold on. I got to open my, my next Bud Light. <laughs> All right. Next up, same weekend. This is another movie that I don't really know too much about. But when I was I going through anything about this, when I was... Going through doing my research, it caught my eye, and I said, oh, there's a couple people in this. I know them. Um, that would be The Kitchen, which seems like it's just another widow's, but the wives of New York gangsters in Hell's Kitchen in the 1970s continue to operate their husband's rackets after they're locked up in prison. Uh, this is starring Elizabeth Moss, Tiffany, Tiffany Haddish, Melissa McCarthy, Domal Gleason Common, James Dale, James Badge Dale, who is just a guy you'll see and be like, oh, I know that guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, directed by Andre uh, Berloff. Um, okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna see it. Really? All right. Sure. I probably won't. I don't. Well, um, granted, I don't know anything about this. I haven't even seen a trailer or heard it mentioned one time. Yeah, um, it has an interesting premise. Like I said, it sounds a lot like Widows, which I I love Widows. I thought Widows was great. Right. Yeah, I thought I thought I got pretty snubbed at the award season, but sure, I'll see this. I think Tiffany Haddish is really like she's basically in everything right now. She she's the it girl. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, okay. Uh, but Melissa McCarthy's actually is who I'm most looking forward to. Uh, Can you ever forgive me? Which she was nominated for an Oscar for. Uh, she was unbelievable in that movie. I think she she. It's, 
seeing her turn into a dramatic performance like that was uh, eye-opening. It, she, I really showed that she's actually a legit actor, and mm. she's not just like she's not just comedy known as as, as the comedy heavy woman in movies actor. Oh. She actually acts her balls off, and it can you ever forgive me? It was not to keep preaching one of my favorite movies, but it was one of my favorite movies of last year. Mm. Yeah, this one are awesome. Elizabeth Moss was great in Mad and she was awesome at Us. Mm. I thought she was her her playing her doppelganger at Us was was great. And it was hilarious. Right. Uh, yeah, see it. Sure. <laughs> I don't want to question mark it. Fuck it. I'm going to see it. Right. I'm probably not, but I'll, I'll skip it. Uh, and then you can tell me how it is, and then maybe I'll be like, oh, I, should, I guess I should have seen that. All right. Well, we're starting to wind down. We're down to our final two movies. We are yes. now on to August 14th. We have Blinded by the Light. Mm. which this is like a personal movie to me, and that's the only reason I put it in here. I ended up skipping over the Dora Explorer movie because I think that's kind of self-explanatory. That, that's going to make a billion dollars, Dylan. Why are we skipping that? No, yeah, I'm not going to fucking see that. <laughs> in 1987, during the austere days of Thatcher's Britain, uh, fuck Margaret Thatcher, fuck her. Um, <laughs> uh, she, hated, she hated the Irish, fuck her. A teenager learns to live life, understand his family, and finds his own voice through the music of Bruce Springsteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what catches me the most, because I love Bruce Springsteen. It was one of the uh, one of the musical things that my dad passed down to me. It's kind of big in my family, is, is Springsteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, the trailer, it's uh, it, it seems like it potentially is going to be this, a similar thing to Rocket Man and mm-hmm. Across the Universe, where it's it, the music is going to like set the tone for the movie and set the scenes. Yeah. Obviously, Rocket Man's a biography. Uh, this is apparently a true story, and I also think that this is like the Broadway play that Bruce Springsteen did. Mm-hmm. If I could not be wrong, which like according to my dad was awful, uh, but but I, I'm uh, I'm actually very much looking forward to this. I, I, I it's going to be a movie that I will see like regardless of reviews, just because I love Bruce. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a see it for me, blinded by the light. Yeah, I mean, I the only thing that I'm sad about this coming out on the 14th of August is. Uh, I feel like I've seen this trailer before every movie I've seen for the last two months, and I hope I'm not going to get tired of it, but uh, it definitely caught my attention. I was planning on seeing it for sure. All right, and now we are down to our final movie, which comes out on August 23rd. Mm-hmm. Angel Has Fallen. Is this a sequel to, like, London Has Fallen and White House? And Olympus. Olympus Has Fallen, yeah. Correct. So, Dude, this this series is single-handedly keeping Gerard Butler's career alive. Another franchise uh, that you know they're just gonna run run until they can't run no more. Have you seen these movies? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've I've never heard anyone talk about these movies. So first, tell me about them. Are they good? First one came out in a year where like Olympus Has Fallen came out mm. with White uh, White House Was Down came out in like a two oh, like a yes. two month span. <laughs> that was I so per- weird. I preferred Olympus Has Fallen just because the action was a little bit better and a little less goofy. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie starring Gerard Butler, Morgan Freeman, Piper Parabo, Lance Reddick, Jada Pinkett Smith, Nick Nolte, Tim Blake Nelson. So there's a lot of there's a lot of people in this movie. Um, the whole premise is Secret Service agent Mike Banning, who is played by Gerard Butler, is framed for the attempted assassination of the president and must evade his own agency and the FBI as he tries to uncover the real threat. Mm. This is a trailer that every time it comes on the movie theater, I kind of roll my eyes at how bad it looks. Uh, so this is a skip it for me. This yeah, is, this is a skip it for me too. I haven't this, seen any of them. I don't intend to. Typical midsummer, end of summer action movie that they're throwing out there so the studio can get well, get a couple hundred million in. That's even being conservative. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
that's being super good. That's being actually super liberal with them with that money. Uh, this is a skip it for me. Uh, unless um, this is a, a hard skip it. No, this is a hard skip it. Mm-hmm. Unless like I have nothing to do and like my family's left me and I don't really have anything like to do. <laughs> the like, air conditioner is broken. So you other can't, than to like, go to, yeah. Other than to go to AMC and use my AMC a list. Mm-hmm. And just like get a super large Coke yep. and then sit down, drink the Coke and then go back out and get more Coke and mm-hmm. be ashamed. This is the only time I would ever see that. Uh, this is a, this is like a typical like FX on like a two o'clock on a, on a Friday night, two o'clock on a Friday night. That's, mm-hmm. that's the time that this is on. That's even a time two o'clock yeah, on a Friday to, night in like the morning, like you, you're watching X-Men, like let's just say you're watching X-Men two. And then you fall asleep and you wake up and Olymp- uh, Angel has fallen. It's on FX now at 2 in the yeah. morning. Uh, that's probably the only time I, I see this. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, skip it. We're, we're ending the summer on a bad note. And this is because I gave I gave Men in Black a see it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give Angel has fallen a hard skip it. Mm-hmm. You, you used up your liberal C's and now this has to be a skip. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I'm, not, I'm not seeing this movie. Sorry, Gerard Butler. You seem like a lovely man, but no that, thank uh, you. That 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 ends our summer. Um, the next movie coming up, that is September sixth, which is it too, and that will be mm. part of our our fall preview. Oh my god, yeah, and especially because that feels like okay, we're getting ready for Halloween. We're gonna start having some potentially good scary movies come out now. Yep. Ooh, I'm so excited. That's my favorite time of the year. Football's back. Uh, it gets like cool out in New England. People start putting Halloween decorations up. It's just man anyways we'll talk more about that on our fall preview so uh yeah that's the summer that's the summer of 2019 that we have to look forward to absolutely so dylan each week uh we try to get a segment that we can pop out in its own youtube video so this week i think it would be good if we kind of give our predictions on which of these movies that we just said see or skip will make the most money at the box office sure um why don't you go first all right, so I think for me, it really comes down to the three Disney movies, probably unsurprisingly, um, Lion King, Spider-Man, and Toy Story 4. I think Toy Story 4 was the one I looked at initially where I was like, oh yeah, that's going to make so much money. But the more I think about it, I think coming off of Endgame, people loved that so much. People love Spider-Man in general, as we discussed on this podcast, I have to say, I think Spider-Man Far From Home is going to make similar to like Captain Marvel money, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of a range. I think it made like 600 ish for Homecoming. I think it'll probably like double that for Far From Home. Um, so for me, I think Spider-Man Far From Home is going to be the breakout hit of this summer season. Okay, um, I'm actually going to go with Lion King. I think Lion King okay. has the potential to break two billion. Um, I can see that this being a movie where people are going to go multiple times. Mm-hmm. They're going to go once by themselves, once with the kids. Oh, uh, yeah, that makes sense for sure. Something, something like that. Uh, yeah, I, I'm hard going with Lion King. Like, I, I really, I think that Lion King has potential to. It's not going to catch something like Avatar or Endgame or mm-hmm. Titanic. I think I think it's going to be something that that's going to catch maybe like Infinity War, mm-hmm. like around like that range uh, of the movies. I think it's probably going to be like 
a top 10 all-time box office gotcha. maker. Uh, mm-hmm. That's a tough set. Um, yeah, Lion King, Lion King for sure. It's That's going to be a movie where you know, people from all generations are going to see it. You're going to get people that are that are new to movies that are going to go see it just because, oh, I've heard Lion King, sure. Mm. You're going to get people that that was their favorite movie as a kid mm. and they still watch it. You're going to get people like me where uh, my kid now watches Lion King and mm. I've seen Lion King, the animated movie, pretty much like once <laughs> a week for the past year. So, so this is going to be a big a big one yeah like. um i i think even bigger than toy story because toy mm-hmm. story you're gonna i think toy story you'll get like that weird group of people where like they don't want to go see this in the movie theater because it's a kids movie so they'll wait for like to be able to rent it at home or something mm-hmm. like that uh where lion king i think lion king like is going to be a massive 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 movie mm-hmm. uh, i the, the thing that it always matters is how how will it do overseas mainly in, in like countries like china mm-hmm. is what really affects their total gross like this right. and that's kind of things like star wars they like I think Star Wars beat Star and Infinity War both in the U.S. Like mm-hmm. I don't I, I could be wrong I think I think maybe Endgame maybe might have passed uh, Force Awakens I I, I, I could be wrong because I think Force Awakens made like a shitload of money mm-hmm. in the U.S. And the problem with Star Wars is that Star Wars really does not have that big of a fandom over in countries like Japan and China. Yeah, it's so funny. Funny China doesn't give a shit about Star Wars. No, and so like imagine a movie like Force Awakens mm. having having the audience. Uh, Force Awakens, if they had the Chinese audience, would have would have uh, Endgame and Avatar wouldn't even be close. Right. And so I I guess I don't know how Lion King does in countries like China. I don't know how Disney as a whole does in countries like China because mm. you know chi- China's weird with their censorship and all that. So I right. don't really know how all that works. Um, but if this movie does well in China, this movie's gonna make probably close to like two billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and like look at like looking at when it comes out before you have to look at this too, of like where these movies are placed. So coming out before Lion King, you have Spider Man, which comes out seventeen days before Lion King. Yeah, seven- they gave it a good, um, good like room to breathe. I guess would be the best way to put it. And then you have Once Upon a Time in Hollywood coming out. A week after, mm. and the thing with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is odds are you you don't you're not going to get the kids audience going in and seeing a Tarantino movie. Mm. So, and really before Lion King, like Disney knows what they're doing, they're not dumb. Before Lion King, Toy Story four comes out on June twenty first. So there's relatively almost an entire month that mm. Toy Story has to run its course for people then to be able to go see Spider Man and then be able to go see Lion King. So I yeah I think Lion King, and then after that because after Lion King, there's also going to be. There's nothing. There's Hobbs and Shaw. After that, there's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, mm. which I don't think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is going to take any money away from Lion King. Right. Um, yeah, Lion King is going to be, uh, I'm quoting here, a $2 billion movie. Hey, I can see that. I think you're totally right with um, their spacing of stuff um, for Disney because like, they had Aladdin and then like literally like a month later, Toy Story. Then literally a month later, <laughs> Lion King and then same deal with infinity war and spider-man you know they they do a good job at not getting in their own way and still producing movies that people are going to see and i think a really big thing is um beyonce being in this movie i think that is huge i think she has one of the most dedicated fan bases in like the world yeah and they're gonna come out for this in force I think I actually think an interesting battle is going to end up being does Lion King beat Once Upon a Time in Hollywood on its opening weekend, right? Um, which I th- I th- really think it could. I, I really, really honestly, yeah. I, I I really think that Lion King's going to have that that 
one to three week span where it's going to be the number one movie. Mm. But if it beats What's Upon a Time in Hollywood, it's probably the number one movie for up until Hobbs and Shaw comes out. Because you're going to get the people that are so dedicated to those Fast and Furious mm. movies to go out to see that. Right. Um, yeah, I like I said, I two billion. I'm I'm setting I'm setting like the the goal at that. I I think they hit that. And Disney just Disney and it's some it's soon they already pretty much do. They're gonna own the world. Mm-hmm. Oh no like, doubt, no doubt. Like Disney has to do something with this buddy. Mm-hmm. Um, and just Disney, and just we're the, for sale. You know, if you want to give us like a cool five hundred million, whatever you can own own the podcast is fine. We'll work for you. Just just. Like the remainder of the year, what Disney has, and this is just off the top of my head, and I'm probably gonna end up forgetting one. So Disney obviously has Toy Story four. Um, they then have Spider Man Far From Home. They then have Lion King, and then after that, I'm probably I'm probably skipping a movie. After that, they have uh, Frozen two, which mm-hmm. the trailer came out today, and I thought it looked awesome. Mm-hmm. Big Frozen guy. And then they're gonna have Star Wars in December. And like I said, there's probably a movie or two that I'm skipping in between, but. Yeah, like, like, I, this has to be a record year for Disney. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what their final draw is. Now that you're mentioning it, I, yeah, this is ridiculous. It has, it has over ten billion. Mm. It has to be. Yeah, because we had Captain Marvel and like, then Endgame. I, I feel like ten, ten billion is probably being super low too. Like mm. it has to. It, I don't even know. It's just in between that and then having Disney Plus come out in November too. Mm. I, I, yeah, Disney is here. And like, people are like, I, it's probably not great to have one company centralized so all the movies we see. But I, there's, as the viewer, has a really been anything that's like skewed me away from liking it. Right. Because, like, what, like, they, like, the movies they have come out, Egg Game, Infinity War, Force Awakens, even fucking Last Jedi. Like, it's better than most other movies, even though we hated Last Jedi. Right, right. Rogue One, which which was great, uh, Solo, which uh, I think we both liked Solo, mm-hmm. did we? I like it. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Black Panther, Thor, Captain Marvel, Spider Man. Like it's mm-hmm. just like I so far I haven't seen anything bad. I'm, I'm now very much looking forward to see what Kevin Feige and Disney does with things like X Men and Fantastic Four. <laughs> it's like oh clearly, yeah, by the way, they're gonna get X Men now. Clearly, X Men is awful. Yeah. Like I heard it was it, it was. Excellent. Somehow, so, so it's not as bad as X Men Origins Wolverine, which that movie was awful. Um, but yeah, so it's it to me, it's not bad. It, Disney, Disney's been doing everything right, so I'm actually glad that Disney has all this power now. Right. The one, the one property I'm really worried about is Indiana Jones because I don't know how an 80 year old Harrison Ford is going to play Indiana Jones. But it's, I, it's who, gonna be fuck awesome. it. Pretty, wasn't that like? The only way they convinced him to come back for Force Awakens was to let him do another Indiana Jones. I think so. Yeah, because yeah, that's Harrison Ford's favorite franchise is Indiana Jones oh, by yeah. far. Why wouldn't it be? He so... fucking hates Star Wars. <laughs> oh, man. All right, Dylan, is there anything else you want to touch on before we end this episode? No. Um, obviously, for me, and you're going to touch up on it in a second, um, just check out Wicked Good Everything on YouTube. Thanks for listening to us, all five of you, including Grandma and Brian Wog. Shout out Brian Wog and Grandma. Yeah. Uh, and to anyone new, though, where can they find you online? Um, I'm at DJ Cleverlang on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the only place you have to follow me. I just yell all day. I, I sit, and even when I'm at work, I just I find something to yell about. Mm-hmm. I say fucking a lot, and I say it on this podcast, too. Yeah, 2019. Right. This, is, this is not a you know, not explicit. When I, when I upload the episode, I make sure I click that exclusive tag. So no one gets mad at us. 
Exactly. Yeah, so for me, um, you can obviously subscribe to us on YouTube at youtube.com slash everything. Follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv twitch slash everything On Instagram at everything On Twitter at WGEverything. You can look us up on Facebook. It's, you know, who uses Facebook now? Am I right? Guys, I still use Facebook a lot. And uh, you can follow me at the fake BMR. That's B-M-A-R-R. Um, we got a lot of cool stuff coming on the channel. Um, I'm almost, you know how Thanos was trying to get the Infinity Stones? I'm trying to get my podcast trifecta in order, which started with this show. Then, uh, Better Radio, we have an episode of that. Go check that out. And then Shout out Better Radio. Great, the, good show. Thank you. The, um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast is the third Infinity podcast. That uh, I want to put together, and then you know we'll we'll end up ruling the world. We'll, we'll end up ruling the podcasting waves. Joe Rogan, we're coming right for you. So with that, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you guys. I love you. I love you. Shout out Brian Wong. Love you too, buddy. Brian Wong, the real one. Shout out Brian Wong. We just got AC back in the office. Brian Wong, they're painting the office today, killing everybody with fumes. Oh Jesus! Not Brian Wong though. They didn't get Brian Wong. Good. I guess.